Hey everybody, Matt Hardman here with another episode, a double shot episode of the Race Nerd Podcast, a jam-packed episode. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in right here on CKCC Radio. Uh, right now, I am in the mobile studio, uh, in the process of procuring some of the greatest sandwiches in the world. That is Firehouse Subs. There is your plug for the week. No, not really, because you know the normal plugs that I do for CKCC Radio and its plethora of programming. Uh, Check out all the shows that there are. Even more coming down the pipe in 2021. Uh, And if you're not a patron already, uh, CKCC Radio has their own... Patreon. Uh, For as little as $5 a month, you can be a patron and get all sorts of bonus episodes. Bonus episodes of this show, bonus episodes of uh, CKCC Radio founders Chris O'Mealy and Dan Peck talking wrestling, uh, talking a whole bunch of stuff, music videos, all of the sort. And even more programming coming onto there. So it is definitely worth a check out. Um, but if you want to stay free, you can just continue checking us out, CKCC Radio, on all your podcasting platforms. Ah, that's quite a bit to say. Anyway, um, don't mind the bumpy noise. Uh, this road is not the best road in the world. Apparently, none of the roads are in Maine in the spring. You figure I would know that, because this will be, this December will be 20 years of living up here, and maybe I forgot to get the memo for the first 19. Anyway, um, so, like I said, we got a double episode. Um, I took last week off from podcasting. because I actually had a week off, a very unplanned week off from from my job uh, and everything, and that week off gave me time to actually sit and reconnect with um, my family, my children, my girlfriend, um, you know, just kind of, you know, get back to... Um, get back to the way things, you know, the way, the way things should be. Uh, you know, if you're working, especially if you're working out of the home, uh, you know, five, six days a week, you know, 40, 50s, in my case, sometimes up to 60 hours a week, um, it, it does take a toll on you. So, you know, I just kind of dial, you know, took this, um, took this week off from being a negative to a positive and just kind of blocked everything out. And, and that even includes podcasting. So for those of you who were disappointed that we did not have an episode uh, talking about Las Vegas, we're going to make it up to you because this is going to be a jam-packed one. Um, because we got Las Vegas... Then this weekend was, crap, where was this weekend? 
I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Shows how much, like, I've actually taken time off. Um, it'll, it'll come back to me. <laughs> All right. So, we, like I said, we've got a lot of news. I'm going to throw out a really quick um, pop quiz nose just, just to kind of keep the format straight. Um, but I want to, uh, you know, kind of keep it simple. Uh, as it was announced a, earlier in the week that Jessica Friesen, uh, the wife of NASCAR truck star Stuart Friesen, uh, will be entering as a teammate to her husband in the number 62 Halmar Toyota truck um, as a teammate to her, as obviously as a teammate to her husband in the 52 Halmar uh, Toyota Tundra. Uh, this would mark the first time in over 20 years that a husband and wife have actually competed on track against each other. Can you name the last married couple to compete against each other in a NASCAR top tier touring series. Answer at the end of the show. Uh, so, we got a lot of news. We'll talk about um, who Jessica Friesen is and why it's actually significant uh, with what will be happening in the trucks at um, Bristol, but um, we we are um, we are uh, we got like I said we got a lot to talk about. It was the West Coast swing? It was Phoenix. I don't know why I was drawing a blank on Phoenix, um, but I was for some reason. Um, but we had Las Vegas, which. Las Vegas, some people find riches, some people find love, some people find a guy on the roof of a building after searching for him for an entire friggin' movie. Um, but in some cases, you can find redemption. Uh, in the case of two particular drivers, uh, we would see uh, AJ Allmendinger. Uh, pick up his first win of the season in in a season that I was under the belief that he would be running a part-time schedule with college racing. Uh, AJ would pick up, uh, I think it's like his third win with the team um, since uh, starting a, um, a part-time schedule with them. Um, but Almendinger, who was left without a ride a couple of years ago uh, when uh, he was his contract was not picked up and essentially was replaced with uh, Ricky Stenhouse uh, in the Cup Series with uh, JTG Doherty Racing. Um, Almendinger would go and, you know, kind of find this little spot while doing a little bit of TV while trying to get his foot back in the door. Um, he would pick this win up, and, you know, it was, and like I said, this is, 
This is a big shot in the arm for Almendinger. I think it may actually lead to him, if it already hasn't led to him, um, going full-time in this series and actually puts him in a good spot for the, uh, for the, for the playoffs in the Xfinity series. Um, in, in, a, in, a, in a field that really, outside of Austin Sindrick, who we'll talk about when we talk about Phoenix, uh, really has no real um, true contenders. Uh, so, I mean, this is great. In, in anything who knows anything about A.J. Allmendinger, uh, A.J. is a young man from California. Well, he's not really young now. But for the most part, he's still in his 30s. So, to me, that's young. Anyway, uh, A.J. came through... Um, raced IndyCar uh, for many years over on the champ car side and um, would move to NASCAR when Red Bull would start their their own team in 2007 would run just he would just get one year with Red Bull which I kind of thought was bullshit um, I think it was pretty much to keep the seat warm for um, Red Bull's uh, Formula One uh, protege, Scott Speed. And, well, to be honest, let's see how that turned out with Scott Speed. Uh, AJ would, you know, run that, then end up with um, the... Uh, had in Jody Geschechter's team and uh, would actually pick up a win at uh, at Watkins Glen in 2014. Now this is after Almendinger would get the, the, the job of a lifetime in 2012. And this is why I say this is a redemption that Las Vegas was a redemption story on so many levels. Uh, not only was Almendinger trying to rekindle his career and show that he still got it, but um, if you look back, this young man fell into the ride of a lifetime in 2012. Uh, as we all know, Kurt Busch had his issues with, um, with Roger Penske when, when they were a team. Um, which started off replacing Rusty Wallace in the uh, in the Miller Lite Dodge after Rusty's retirement, and would run that ride until 2010, when um, he would move to what was then the old uh, 12 car uh, that would be rechristened when Shell Pennzoil would come to. Uh, would come to um, the team uh, leaving a, depending on what you see, a successful partnership with uh, Richard Childress Racing and Kevin Harvick. Uh, uh, the team and Shell won the Daytona 500 together in 2007, won the All-Star Race, um, won a bunch of um, other races, but they just did not have the success. And going to Roger Penske, um, it, it was it was it was designed for the start, but um, 
Kurt Busch was still not in a good place in his life at the time, um, would find himself fired and out of that team, and Almendinger would get the ride for 2012. Now, unfortunately for Almendinger, uh, he was around the wrong people, um, took a medication that he, um, that he un unknowingly, you know, I, I, I don't know how to really, uh, say if that's true or not. I mean, AJ does seem kind of credible, but the story is just kind of a little weird. Anyway, Almendinger would find a, 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 um, a foreign substance in his body and would be suspended uh, for the rest of the 2012 season um, under NASCAR's drug policy, which in turn, um, Roger, to his credit, Mr. Penske did not release AJ, but had him under contract and actually provided him with a spot in a number of IndyCar races where he was not suspended. Uh, he would run some IndyCar races while um, going through the Road to Recovery program in NASCAR. Um, but uh, his, his dream ride in the 22, which uh, would be driven later in the season, um, being replaced in that seat by Sam Hornish Jr., who I think did a, a good enough job to warrant that ride on a permanent basis, but as we all know, it ended up going to um, Joey Logano, and well, you know, Joey's kind of won a Daytona 500 and a championship, so can't really fault Roger for that. But anyway, um, AJ would find himself with smaller teams, eventually hooking up with um, the Darty race team winning that, and then unfortunately would just get lost in the shuffle and replaced by Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And it's just been—he's just been kind of trying to find his footing ever since 2011. And this win is a big step forward to that. Um, I do believe that him, along with teammates Justin Haley and Jeb Burton. Uh, has started off the season really well and really have uh, shown that uh, that they can be the that they could be three drivers to um, to really contend for that um, Xfinity Series title in uh, 2021. So that's how the Bush race ended. Um, there, there was the whole thing with um, Noah Gregson and David Starr uh, at the end. Um, I'm not really going to get rehash that. If, if you listen to like any kind of racing show uh, since Las Vegas, especially right after, um, you've heard about the comments Gregson... Um, said about Starr, and, and not for nothing, David Starr was running for 12th when he blew a tire and it ended up collecting the leader, Noah Gregson. Um, and 
for David Starr to be running 12th, um, you know, I believe he may have been a lap down, but for for Starr and a team like Carl Long Motorsports, uh, a team that's perpetually on the lower half of the uh, of the uh, of the scoring pylon, I think that they were doing a commendable job and they were trying to get the best finish. Unfortunately, uh, things didn't work out. He lost the tire. Gregson got collected, that whole thing, you know, and I, I think that really, if anything, that, you know, if there was never, if there was, it, it made Gregson look bad with his comments, but it kind of made a, um, kind of made a, um, I don't want to say a hero, um, Carl Long, but made a lot more people stand up and notice that there's these uh, drivers and teams out there who are doing this very underfunded um, and really would uh, step up and do all that. Now, the day before the Xfinity race, we had a truck race, um, and I, I gave props on the last episode to Marcus Lemonis. Um, ponying up money and um, Camping World sponsorship for a lot of underfunded teams. Unfortunately, a non-underfunded team kind of ran away with the gold. And that is John Hunter Nemechek, um, who I thought would be, who I predicted, I didn't quite think, I predicted that he would be one of the top drivers in the trucks this year. Uh, picks up his first win uh, and beating out his boss, Kyle Busch, uh, who is making one of his five truck appearances <coughs> in 2021. Now, when you beat Kyle Busch, that's a pretty big thing. Um, but this, this, I think, really sets the standard because I think Kyle Busch Motorsports and their truck program has kind of fallen off the last couple of years. Uh, I know you've had drivers like Bubba Wallace um, winning in that in that truck. You've had um, Eric Jones and Christopher Bell cut their teeth in that series and um, become become some of the best drivers out there. You know, Cup Series winners. And, and really worked their way up the Toyota ladder. Uh, John Hunter, who kind of stepped back because he's got a wife and a uh, child on the way. I, I think that this was a, um, a really, really good move for him. And it looks like it's going to pay off. Uh, so, yeah, we have that. Then we get to Sunday in Las Vegas. And that is... Part two of the redemption story. Now, if you weren't living under a rock last year, uh, you know about the Kyle Larson saga. Uh, Kyle, who um, inadvertently had a mic open, uh, said a rather um, derogatory racial term uh, to a friend of his, just kind of using it as like street slang. Uh, to a friend, uh, it got picked up and was broadcast, lost his ride at Chip Ganassi Racing. All of his sponsors 
uh, SANS, uh, Plan B Sales, a diecast distributor, and um, one of his World of Outlaw deals had all abandoned him. Uh, it was pretty much a pariah. And this was, unfortunately, before, just, just before all the racial stuff started to happen and around the country, the big movements and all. Uh, so he had be, become a pariah. And, you know, so while being suspended from NASCAR, he completed everything that he needed to do. Uh, for the World of Outlaws. Now, Kyle owned a World of Outlaws team and would um, run from time to time. Well, he would take it upon himself to run for his own World of Outlaw team and proceedingly win 48% of the races he would enter. Now, the World of Outlaws is not like a... Um, is not like uh, just race on Sunday schedule. They would run multiple times a week at multiple places across the country. Um, think of it as a football schedule compared to the MLB schedule. You know, 162 games compared to, let's say, 16. <coughs> You know, I guess you could say apples to oranges. He's racing in a dirt series um, and, and all. But 48% of the races he entered, he won. I mean, it's astronomical. I don't think anybody had ever done it, um, won that many races in a season. And mind you, he did not run, you know, the first part of the season um, due to still being an NASCAR driver. Well, anyway, there was a lot of talk on who would sign him um, because the talent, obviously, with Kyle Larson is there. It's never been a doubt. Um, I've actually... I The last race I ever went to was uh, the Eldora truck race. And at first, I didn't believe the hype with this young man. Um, how good he is but after leaving that truck race that um, back in 2013 uh, this is before he made his cup debut he, um, he well he really was uh, he was amazing to watch I mean you had drivers who were already in the cup series at that point come down you had um one of the greatest uh dirt drivers of all time uh scott bloomquist there you had racing nascar racing legends like kenny wallace and ken schrader who um both run dirt on their off time uh would actually um go and compete but it was kyle who um who stood out while he did not take home the win that first race, uh, it, it really made me notice. And so I know that this young man has talent. Um, you know, to borrow, to borrow the Rush Limbaugh phrase, he has talent on loan from God. That's how, that's how good behind the wheel uh, this young man is. Well, anyway, 
he, uh, talent was never an issue. It, and that was never an issue with any of the owners looking at it. It's how much of a liability did this um, comment um, to a friend really take? Um, because there were people when this all happened say Kyle Larson's NASCAR career is over. He can never race in NASCAR. Now, you know, in life you get second chances. Uh, while he was not only racing, he was mending fences with um, many of the programs that he had worked with, um, minor minority programs that he was already working with prior to any of this, you know, in Philadelphia and other places around the country, uh, places that he, um, that, that he was doing years and years before all this. Um, and, you know, obviously the fact that, you know, he is a multi, uh, a multi, multi-racial driver himself, um, you know, it, you know, he, he had to do a lot of work. Um, then, in that time, you know, it had come up with Rick Hendrick, and obviously, Rick Hendrick took a really big gamble announcing when, um, after the season was over, that um, that they would be uh, putting Kyle Larson in the um, bring back the five car, the car that uh, was the original uh, Hendrick Motorsports car. Um, that started everything um, going back to Jeff Bodine in 1984 uh, you know to Terry Labonte to uh, Kyle Busch's um, first couple of seasons in NASCAR were in that five car for Rick Hendrick you know it has such a storied history and um, Larson would come in and do that, you know, last driver to run it is also another former World of Outlaw driver, and that's Casey Kane. Um, but uh, Larson, you know, Larson would go in, do this, and Rick Hendrick would, um, you know, while he was still searching for sponsors that were willing to attach themselves to Larson, let his driving do the talking and not be overshadowed by um, by his past transgression, you know, he would step up and, and sponsor it with um, companies like Nations Guard, uh, which he is one of the founding partners of, or and Hendrick uh, HendrickCars.com, uh, one of his um, umbrella companies under the the Hendrick Auto banner. Anyway. Um, getting a little long-winded, uh, Kyle Larson would be the second Hendrick driver to reach victory lane this year at uh, Las Vegas, and it was it was a great scene. It was an emotional scene. Um, there was a picture of Bubba Wallace, who would, who's made it a habit to go and congratulate the winner in victory lane. Um, Wallace would go... Um, give um, Larson a hat, uh, pat on the back and a handshake. And, and, and it was, that was a great healing moment, um, you know, because, you know, with what was 
said, you know, by Larson and um, Bubba being um, biracial himself, and you know, it it it, uh, it, was, it was a great moment. And let's not forget, these two were competitors way way back when in the in the uh, what what was then the K and N East series. Uh, they were competitors together. They were members of the Drive for Diversity program uh, that NASCAR. Uh, started many, many years back to give um, females and um, drivers of other ethnicities a chance to succeed in NASCAR. Uh, so the, these two go way back, and I think it was a really great moment to show that there, you know, that what had happened, it, you know, there's, you know, it's not a cause for divide that people could look past this, look at the person. And I think that was a great moment. I think it was a great moment in Kyle Larson's life. And I think it was a really good moment in um, in NASCAR, you know, for so early in the season. So that was Las Vegas. We move on to Phoenix, uh, where we just were in November uh, for the season finale that saw Chase Elliott uh, clinched the NASCAR Cup Series title. Uh, we would start off with the um, with the Xfinity race, and like I said earlier, we were talking about um, Austin Sindrick. Austin Sindrick becomes the first driver this year to um, pick up their second win of the season. Um, and he would beat out Ty Gibbs, uh, who was only in his second career Xfinity race. Um, as we all know, we talked about Ty winning uh, <coughs> earlier this season at the road course at Daytona. Well, he certainly ran a good race, and, you know, maybe there is a lot of talent with this kid and you know maybe he is like a younger Kyle Busch um you know and still not sold you know with his with his attitude but um I, I I do have to give a tip of the cap and I do have to give a tip of the cap to Austin Sindrick who um it was just announced and I don't want to get too far ahead but he will be making his second career Cup race at Atlanta uh, this coming weekend. So, um, anyway, that would be the Saturday race at Phoenix. And this past Sunday, you know, we've had the winners we've had in 2021, you know, are, are guys, if you actually had them on your fantasy list, you know, you probably would have hit the jackpot already because nobody would have predicted Michael McDowell picking up his first win. Uh, nobody would have predicted Christopher Bell picking up their first win. Well, at least not this early in the season. Not before the dirt race at um, Bristol. Um, you know, William Byron winning at... Um, at Homestead, 
and then Kyle Larson. You know, I, I guess the argument you could say is, you know, people would have picked Larson to win. Um, but you have your usual suspects, as I call them. You know, Kurt Busch, Joey, Le uh, Kyle Busch, sorry, Joey Logano, um, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, and Martin Truex Jr. Well, Martin, who really did not have that great a season in 2020, you know, readjusting with his new crew chief, um, Jason Small, and um, losing his longtime spotter, Clayton Hughes, who ironically now has a Daytona ring, um, commemorating his, his win with Michael McDowell on the spotter stand, um, you know, you, uh, I, the talents there with Martin and I, you know, it was only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time before one of the usual suspects, uh, reappeared in victory lane. Um, granted it was a good run of like four races. You know, now we're going to kind of, kind of, the big boys are going to play, you know, between here and Atlanta, and then all bets are off when we go to Bristol, which, that's going to be interesting. But, you know, we have, we have those, um, now Truex has clinched a spot in the chase along with Larson, Byron, Bell, and McDowell, uh, barring they all stay in the top 30. Um, granted, there's a lot of racing to go, and I don't think we'll get more than 16 winners in a season. Uh, so it's getting tight for guys who were just trying to get in on points. You, you know, five races into the season, you have five different winners. So that's going to be, like I said, really interesting. We got um, Atlanta next, which we do have some news on Atlanta. Um, you know, we I just touched on Austin Sindrick, who will be running a fourth. Uh, Penske Motorsports, um, Penske Racing uh, Ford, uh, this time with Pertec, a, um, a longtime associate with uh, Team Penske. Uh, they will be running the 33 car. And a driver, you know, we were just talking about, you know, diversity in the sport. A driver who um, became the first uh, African-American uh, to start a cup race since the late, great uh, NASCAR Hall of Famer Wendell Scott, uh, Bill Lester will return to the trucks where he ran for many years with uh, Bobby Hamilton Racing. He will return um, to the truck series, driving for David Gilliland Racing. Um, he'll be a teammate to Haley Deegan, and um, uh, I forget the other, uh, Tanner Gray. Uh, and I, I think this is good. I met Bill many, many years ago, um, pri uh, even prior to moving to Maine. So uh, I believe it was 2000. He, he's a very, he's a very 
articulate man, a very, um, he's a very good driver, comes from the world of um, sports car racing, very, very good man, and, and a, a genuine good guy, I don't know what else to say, um, two of the nicest people I ever met, um, when it, that weekend, um, which it was the Miller Motorsports Show in Pennsylvania. I had gone both days. You met drivers uh, from all walks of life. Um, Bill was one of the most accommodating, and so was Antron Brown, um, top fuel racer in the NHRA. Um, and they, they certainly, you know, I know they get stereotyped by being um, black um, athletes, black motorsports drivers, but these, but these two gentlemen are probably two of the best. Uh, definitely Antron Brown, um, a, you know, a, a former world champion um, in the NHRA, uh, multi-time winner in the top fuel division, um, you know, in the pro stock bikes he was a multi-time champion uh so i i have nothing but respect for them both and i'm actually really glad to see bill back in the trucks i thought he was i thought i thought he was on the cusp of something great um driving for both bill davis racing in the toyota tundras and um for bobby hamilton racing um, and it's and it's really good because Atlanta is the track where he um, where he where he started his first um, Cup Series race that was uh, so so big. Um, moving on, the week after that we have the Dirt Derby at Bristol. Now, well, it's not called the Dirt Derby. It's the Food City Dirt Race at Bristol or some crap like that. Um, Going to be a couple of familiar faces running um, running some of those. Uh, there is, most notably, besides the, the Jessica Friesen story, which we'll get to in a moment... Uh, Kevin Harvick will be making his return to the trucks. Um, he hasn't run a truck since something crazy like 2015. So it's been six years. Um, obviously, uh, Kevin is a former truck series owner and driver. He's picked up many, many wins um, in the truck series. Uh, he will be doing that, um, seeing the KHI uh, release on that, uh, Kevin's, um, marketing and sports agent firm that he and his wife Delana own, um, Kevin will be running the dirt race, um, for David Gilland, um, oh, you know, Bill Lester will leave the seat after Atlanta for that one-off race, and Kevin will be hopping in. Um, trying to get some experience for the dirt race at uh, the dirt cup race and he will also be running um, 
the Circuit of the America and the Xfinity Series and um, Road America as um, they'll be doing that. And his KHI stablemate, uh, Ryan Priest, um, who uh, is currently, you know, he's actually having a really good season. He's in that top 16 compared to a year ago where, you know, he couldn't get out of anybody's way and was always in trouble. Priest will um, be running a handful of races. Um, I I don't remember if it's for Gilliland or I believe it's for Gilliland as well um, as a partnership with that team. Um, I know there were a lot of questions about whether you know there is a um, a conflict of interest with um, Priest running a Chevrolet on the Cup side and running a Ford in those truck races. Um, I guess not because uh, he doesn't have a personal services contract with Chevrolet from what I understand. Anyway, so we got all that. Um, there, There's going to be a whole mess of new faces um, in all three races um, for that Bristol race. Um, but the ones that I know that stood out were Harvick and um, Jessica Friesen, who the last time we really saw her on a NASCAR race was celebrating uh, Stewart's win uh, a couple years back. I believe that was at Phoenix as well. Um, but uh, Jessica Friesen is a well-known driver in the dirt circles um, from New York, I believe. Uh, she's run the World of Outlaws. She runs um, the big block modifieds on the dirt um, as a teammate to her husband. She actually runs her husband's um, dirt modified, his, his Halmar uh, dirt, dirt uh, big block modified, while he's away with um, scheduling commitments with his truck series team. So she's, she's very well adept. She was a, uh, a, at one point she was a driver for Tony Stewart Racing and actually was involved with Stewart at one point in time. And uh, actually her name came up and it didn't even occur to me who it was um, during uh, Stewart's um, uh, lawsuit. Um, being sued by the family of Kevin Ward, and that she was one of the um, one of the drivers who was called to testify about Stewart and his behavior and everything. So she really didn't make a whole lot of a whole lot of fans in that aspect, um, given her personal history with Stewart, and you know she just didn't like him um, after you know obviously being released and released by Stewart. Uh, so I, uh, you know, there's, there's that. Um, but her, her credentials are there and, you know, she's, her and her husband are set. Um, if she's able to make it through into the race, she, they would be the first uh, husband and wife duo to actually compete in, against each other in a top tier 
NASCAR Touring Series event. Um, I know, um, I believe Jake Crum and Annabeth Barnes Crum may have competed in late model events in the Cars Series, but I don't believe that they competed in K&N together. And I don't believe Daniel Hemrick, uh, who is currently running the um, the Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing, ever competed against his um, his fiance or wife, uh, Kenzie Rustin. I don't think that they ever competed together. Uh, so. Um, but the last ones to do it, and our answer for the trivia question this week, is um, you have to go back to the 90s, where Patty Moise and Elton Sawyer would compete against each other. Uh, Elton, longtime um, Bush Series driver, and Patty, uh, who, who at one point was the highest finishing female in a... Um, in a NASCAR Bush Series race, um, I think owned that up until um, Danica at Daytona a few years, about almost 10 years ago now. But anyway, um, they competed against each other. Um, both actually competed at one point in time um, with cars out of the same out of the same garage, out of the same shop. Um, so I mean, they literally were competing against each other from everywhere they went. Uh, Sawyer would, after he would retire, he would well, he would run some Cup Series races. Um, for Junior Johnson towards the end of Junior Johnson's uh, days as a cup owner um, and would run for David Blair who would eventually buy the, um, the t one of the teams from Junior Johnson, uh, Brett Bodine buying um, the famed number 11. Um, Sawyer would retire um, not long after that uh, eventually, he would be the um, the um, the GM, pretty much. They're the head of competition for um, Red Bull Motorsports' his NASCAR effort coming into the sport. Um, with ironically, with AJ Allmendinger, who we talked about earlier. Um, after Red Bull decided that they would pull out, I believe. He now has a job in NASCAR. I'm almost certain he does um, in one of their divisions as a executive and um, director of competition, much like the way Chad Little is in um, in the Truck Series. Uh, so it's good to see that, um, but. Patty, I don't know what she had done after retiring. I know for a little while that she ran her own team uh, with her husband. She ran for a uh, couple of other teams, most notably um, in 1998, ran with uh, Michael Waltrip, with Michael Waltrip's Bush Series effort as a teammate to him. 
uh, most notably running um, the Rhodes sponsorship car with uh, Xena the Warrior Princess on it for a race or two. Um, but as the decade closed out, much like Elton, she kind of retired, and I think she's doing her thing now. They're they're still happily married, so you know you can race against each other and still be happily married. Um, so we'll see what happens with um, with Jessica and Stewart. That'll be one of the things to watch. Um, there's going to be a lot of stories, you know. Um, could we have a, a first-time winner? Will you know one of the the dominant truck drivers like a like a like a um, Matt Crafton, who um, was a former Eldora Dirt Derby winner? Uh, will he be able to punch his way into victory lane? Will um, you know? Will we see uh, a first-time winner? You know, can Harvick? How will Harvick do on the dirt? You know, those, those are all questions that are that have um, come up um, and probably will be right in leading into the cup race. And I think that this is going to be really, it's going to be a great weekend. Um, I know that they put something like 22 tons of dirt um, down on the, on the track and just to get this all set for, for just one race, one one weekend. Um, it's it's something really extreme. And, uh, you know, we got that. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I think this is, I don't know if this is going to be a permanent thing on the schedule. Um, or if it's just kind of a holdover, you know, kind of in a holding pattern to see, you know, gauge how... Um, how the cars, how the teams, how the drivers are going to be. You know, it could be one of those things where you race a couple of years, you know, race a year or two, or um, the most interesting rumor I've heard, and this leads into the last little bit of um, news I have for the week uh, before signing off, is that, um, that this Eldora Dirt Race will actually will actually be a, a kind of a holding spot um, as Bristol Motor Speedway and uh, Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, um, the parent owner of um, the parent company of um, BMS Bristol, uh, and the mayor of Nashville have signed a letter of intent to um, take over running at Nashville's Fairground Speedway. And I know that this has had a, this project has had a lot of hurdles. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done. That, um, that, But it, it's a step in the right direction to bring NASCAR back to the Nashville Fairground Speedway, which is uh, one of the tracks NASCAR kind of abandoned in the 80s. It's uh, a track where many, many NASCAR legends uh, had come through. Uh, the Wall Trips, um, Bobby Allison, the Allison Brothers, uh, so, so many. Um, you know, it has, it has such history, and NASCAR kind of moved away from it. 
in the 80s. Um, it's obviously still run. It's still, I think it's the oldest weekly racing track uh, continuously in the country. Um, and I know for a long time that record stood with the, uh, the track at the Wisconsin Fairgrounds Speedway, the Milwaukee Mile, uh, which unfortunately has been mothballed for many a year. Um, and I, I don't ever see that being a, a venue that um, NASCAR or even IndyCar would, would, um, would attempt. But this is, this is something really good. Uh, a step in a positive direction. Will we see Bristol give up one of its dates? Which I hope not. Um, for Nashville, or whether that's the reason, the other reason why they're, they're at Nashville Super Speedways to gauge that as well. And will Nashville um, Speedway, which is owned by um, the Dover, the owners of the um, Dover Down Speedway and um, Gateway in Missouri, or Worldwide Technology Speedway, uh, will they be willing to give up that date that they just received from NASCAR uh, when they uh, restructured the schedule um, once, if and when the um, the fairgrounds is set for NASCAR racing. So this could get very interesting, but I saw that as a big sign because I know it's been hinted at and talked about and um, and everything. And I know that there have been many, many roadblocks in the way, um, both with the MLS soccer team in Nashville, which they are... I don't know if they've actually broke ground on the stadium that is supposed to sit next to the fairground speedway or... Um, or if that's all set, but I know that there were many, many roadblocks uh, with all of that. And now it looks like one, one of the biggest hurdles is cleared, um, that uh, the, the mayor's on board, and the city council is on board, because this is, this is going to be big. Um, you're going to have the IndyCar race there. You're going to have um, the Speedway race, which is... Not quite in Nashville, it's outside of Nashville. I forget how far outside of Nashville it is, but, excuse me, uh, it's it's there. But the, um, but the good thing is, you know, we'll actually have a, a good motorsports presence in Music City, you know, and... Um, I think this is really good for the sport, you know, and and it's good to get uh, old school fans back <coughs> because you hear from a lot of fans that they don't like the cookie cutter tracks, the the mile and a half that that look like they've all you know just used the same template, um, you know, like a Chicago Land or a Kentucky. Uh, two that are off the schedule. Then you have like everybody trying to copy off um, Charlotte Motor Speedway and Atlanta. You know, so you have all that. But now you're going to get 
a small short track which um, has a lot of history and the possibility of that coming back, you know, who knows, maybe with some renovations and whatnot, we'll see somebody throw their hat in to bring Rockingham back. I know they attempted it before with the trucks in the early 2010s. Um, I was there for one of those two truck races. Um, you may get that back. Who knows, you know, maybe somebody, maybe some huge NASCAR fan or, or whatever actually um, convinces Bruton Smith to, um, to take North Wilkesboro Speedway off his hands, even, even to turn it into a museum instead of the uh, dilapidated condition it's in. You never know with these, but um, this would be, like I said, a step in the right direction to, for a lot of old school fans who have been turned off, turned off with the playoffs, turned off with the changes to the car, the drivers, uh, you know, all, all this stuff that's, you know, happened in the sport over its growth in the last 20 years. So, um, any last things I could think of? Like I said, Atlanta's this weekend. Um, you got the trucks. You got, I'm not 100% sure on the Xfinity series. And then you got the cup races. Uh, Trinity, will Toyota continue its dominance of the season, or, or will a Ford or Chevy uh, step up and, you know, punch them in the mouth and, and take one for their brand? Um, when it comes to Xfinity, um, with their season, who's going to be the... Um, the driver who steps up in challenges, Austin Sindrick, uh, will it be one of those college racing teams? Will it be, um, will Riley Herbst, uh, you know, be able to do something in that Stuart Haas car? You know, will we, uh, you know, will there be somebody else? Will Junior Motorsports, um, which has been plagued by a lot of bad luck lately, will they be able to turn their, um, turn their, uh, turn their, uh, their season around. So there's a lot of stories. Then obviously we got a couple, we have a six different winner. Um, will, you know, will we have one of the usual suspects or will it be somebody else? Uh, so there's a lot of stories on the table going into, um, Bristol, uh, not Bristol, Atlanta. Then the week after that we have Bristol. So, um, we got a lot coming up in the next um, two weeks, so uh, stay tuned. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this and this got you caught up with everything going on. Once again, I apologize for taking off last week. Um, it was just one of those things I needed. I just needed them. I basically needed a mental health week. <laughs> uh, so until next time, until next week, I'm Matt Hardman, and I will see you at the track.